and that's why I always wanted to stay a nurse because I like that time that you get with the patients and, and you know you get to know them a little bit better than I'd say some of the you know your providers get to know people. Hello, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. Miigwech for joining us today. Uh, Native Lights is at its core a place for Native folk to tell their stories. Every week we have wonderful conversations with great guests. You know, we talk to them about their gifts and how they share their gifts with their community, uh, centering around uh, how we find purpose in our lives and amplifying Native voices. And we're at it again. I want to just start out by saying I'm good. I'm just gearing up for the honeymoon, but I want to ask <laughs> about you. You were recently at the Mille Lacs State of the Band address, and I just want to ask how that was going. How did that go? Oh, yeah. At this time of recording, I have just gotten back from yes, yes. the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe State of the Band address where we hung out with family and friends, and it was just really fun to be all together again, eating some good Food, low sugar <laughs> food, and yeah, it was really fun to see people, like a lot of Native Lights guests that have been on, yeah. saying hi to them, and then, of course, listening to our leadership of our tribe, you know, give the, give the summary of how things are going and where we're going from here. It's just really exciting to be a part of the community, be a part of Black band, and it, you know, seeing the pictures of the address uh, of, of the whole event brought up memories. You know, we we haven't been around each other in so long because of the the pandemic. Like, believe it or not, we're we're still you know kind of coming out of that uh, in the year twenty twenty three, the early part of the year. And in Native country, the pandemic uh, really put a focus on the health of our communities and what's being done to address those health disparities that exist in our native communities and hopefully the silver lining of the whole whole deal is you know it's resulted in more being done for the health of the communities you know we've heard stories of more culturally appropriate treatments uh, being involved in healthcare plans things like that so it is the work is the work is happening um, and I you know I bring it up because today's guest is on uh, you know the front lines of this very issue. Um, she's doing great work up in northern Minnesota. Ooh. So today we're speaking with Rebecca Finday, a Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe citizen and Air Force veteran who serves as Sanford Health's Native American community advocate in Bemidji, Minnesota. So kind of close to where you're, where you're at, Leah. Oh yeah, it's in the neighborhood. She's also a registered nurse, uh, having worked at the Indian Health Services in Cass Lake and Red Lake over the past decade, uh, I think about 13 years or so. So I can't wait to talk to her. Here she is, Bushu Rebecca. Hi, uh, my name is Rebecca Finday. Uh, I'm an enrolled member of the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. I was born and raised in Cass Lake, Minnesota, but I currently live in Bemidji. Um, and that's where I'm joining you um, from today. How's the family doing? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, I recently lost uh, my mother just the week before Christmas. So um, oh, the week or two before Christmas, well, that was kind of hard. Um, so and I got my hair cut because, <laughs> you know, for the cultural piece of that too. But otherwise, you know, things are going pretty well. Well, thank you for being here. And I'm sorry to hear about your mom. My condolences, thank, our condolences. Thank you. But your your hair, I get that. 
but it is really cute. <laughs> so cute. that is a plus. <laughs> Thank you. It used to be really long. Yeah, a little silver lining. <laughs> Thank you. Is there something that you're thinking about these days that you're concentrating on that excites you or concerns you? But what rises to the top? You know, I've been a, in healthcare. I've been a nurse for like the past 13 years um, after I got out of the military and, and got my bachelor's of science in nursing degree. Um, so I've been in a you know a few different positions in healthcare, and currently I'm in a healthcare position. Now it's a non-clinical position, but it is within healthcare, and I still get to deal with patients. But I think throughout all of that, um, even growing up, um, but I see it now more in healthcare is you know the health disparities and the uh, kind of lack of cultural component in healthcare, even like knowledge education about especially uh, Native American population. You know, with so many reservations in Minnesota, I feel like there's still such a lack of education and understanding in the history and content, um, you know, of who Native Americans are and, you know, kind of like why things are the way they are. Uh, things about healthcare, health disparities, uh, things like that. Um, so I don't know, I guess that's kind of always been always kind of been my thing, but more so these last years that I've been in healthcare. I was watching a recent video with you where you discussed this, you know, get over it attitude that you sometimes have to butt heads with. Yes. Um, could you talk about that? And just like, does it ever get frustrating to, you know, answer questions uh, regarding, you know, why? All that stuff. It, it does um, get frustrating sometimes. I feel like there's this uh, component of cultural fatigue, I guess, when you're always like having to explain everybody, everything. And, you know, you don't know everything about, you know, the questions that they ask. And just because I am Native American doesn't mean I know all things Native American, you know, all the 574 different tribes out there too, you know. But um, always having to like kind of reteach and teach and teach and talk and talk and talk about a lot of these things, um, you know, to certain entities gets a little um, fatiguing. But at the same time, um, it's necessary if we want you know, people to know and understand these things because we're not, uh, mainstream society is not taught accurate or complete history uh, about Native Americans. And so I think when people tell Native Americans to get over it, it happened how many, you know, however long ago, I, I really don't think that they understand what they're saying or what they, what they think they're addressing when they say get over it. Um, and again, it's a, just, I think that lack of education piece to a lack of understanding, uh, type of ignorance um, to it. And that, you know, flows over into all of society, you know, little kids on the playground, high school, college, healthcare, and then just everyday adult living society too. People say, get over it, you know. Okay, well, you talk about uh, 9-11. I was part of that. I was in the military when that happened. I deployed for all that. I've had to live that for the past 20 years, right? Do we tell people get over that? Do Americans tell each other, get over that? You know, they still have, you know, their monuments to it and anniversary remembrances about it, things like that, you know. And um, so when people say get over it, that's actually, you know, pretty harmful. Um, I think it shows a lot of ignorance too on the person's part who is saying that. Um, and I think if anybody would think along those lines to say that, should probably take a good look at themselves and where they stand. Uh, in their education, in society, I guess, and their outlook on life too, um, regarding other people and other cultures. Because to t from 
one culture to tell another culture, oh, get over it. You know, you really don't understand really anything about that other culture that you're that you're speaking to. Sometimes I get upset and sometimes I got to laugh about it, how people just say it so nonchalantly. <laughs> but the get over it thing is such a, a false request because it isn't over. It's not something it's not. that is only in the past and it's done and gone and hundreds of years later, so much has changed for you. Da, da, da. It's not. Exactly. And we're still kind of reaping the consequences, if you will. Well, the other part of society is still reaping the benefits of it. And a lot of times they don't see that side of it. They don't understand that part. Well, it wasn't me. I didn't do it to you personally. Yeah, well, it wasn't done to me personally either, but I'm still reaping the consequences or the effects of it too. So, you know, whatever your ancestors did back then still affects us today. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Rebecca Finday, Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe citizen who serves as Sanford Health's Native American community advocate in Bemidji, Minnesota, working to address health disparities in the state's indigenous population. So let's step back a little bit. You know, what kind of led you down the path that you're on? You know, you mentioned that you were in the Air Force and I, I heard that you're a registered nurse. Like what kind of led you down the path that you that you went uh, and, you know, what brought you to where you're at now? God in the universe, I think, because I know nothing about nothing, how I got here. <laughs> it just all kind of happened. I never planned on going into the military. And it just kind of happened. Suddenly I end up in the Air Force for eight years, which means I re-enlisted. <laughs> you know, um, but I had a really good time. And I mean, it was the best of times, the worst of times. You know, there was peacetime and wartime and a lot, definitely a lot of adventures. Uh, but I was in aviation management at the time. So I worked only with air crew and I got to travel a lot. So it was nothing medical. My grandmother on my mom's side was a nurse. And she'd always asked us if we wanted to be nurses. Like, nah, I don't want to do that. So I actually started when I left the Air Force, I went to St. Cloud State University to start. I wanted to be elementary education teacher like my mom was. My mom was an uh, elementary teacher at Panema in, at the Red Lake Reservation. And she tried to talk me out of it. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. Well, a year into it, somehow I ended up in a nursing program. I didn't even know they had a nursing program at St. Cloud State when I started there. And then turns out I was uh, the first identified Native American to graduate their nursing program. Wow. So I had no idea, no intention of being a nurse. <laughs> happened for whatever reason. And then I came back to my home reservation at Cass Lake uh, or a Leech Lake reservation, but I worked at the Cass Lake Indian Health Service for a few years. And I worked at Red Lake Indian Health Service for a few years, came back to Cass Lake. And I was in clinical uh, and a couple non-clinical roles in that time, you know, as a registered nurse, ER, urgent care, med surge. Then I was also in quality and accreditation. Then I left IHS altogether. And those were the only healthcare um, that I've worked in. So the only place that I knew. And now I'm at Sanford in a non-clinical position as the Native American community advocate. But my clinical background helps me a lot in being able to navigate through the medical system when patients have um, questions or they need help. Um, I get to meet with patients sometimes um, who are admitted to the med surge or if they're in ER. People just call me at my office and ask questions and need help with things. So I really feel that my clinical background really helps me to navigate throughout the healthcare system. And Sanford has been very um, supportive in me being still a nurse, but in a non-clinical position. 
So how I got here, by gosh and by guess, um, <laughs> I don't know, you know, by blessing, by God, by universe, by direction, um, definitely not by anything I planned out on doing at all. Um, but I, I must say, uh, I enjoy where I'm at, you know, through all it's had its ups and downs. And um, even through the through the worst of times or hard times, I can look back on those and now understand, oh, that's why I went through that because I learned this from that or I know this about that, even though at the time it was really frustrating and confusing about why, you know, I might have had to go through some of those struggles sometimes. Um, and then it helps me also to do my job where I am now and to be, you know, sympathetic and empathetic and and um, help to relate to people still on a personal level and on a cultural level and having sometimes gone through maybe a similar situation that people are going through now. Can you give us a bit of a summary of your position as Sanford Health's Native American community advocate? So for quite a while, Sanford has had uh, a Native American patient advocate. Um, and sometimes that has been in a dual role as also uh, patient relations. Yeah, so kind of like patient complaints role as well. But it's not so much focused on the patient while they're admitted and focusing on patient complaints. It's more so community-minded where since I'm still fairly new there, I'm still working on this part of the process where I'm going to meet with the three surrounding tribes, Leech Lake, Red Lake, and White Earth, their tribal council leadership to let them know I'm here, what my role is, try to build, foster, repair relationships between um, the tribes and Sanford. I know from my own experience, there has been some trials, <laughs> maybe some tribulations between Native American population and Sanford. But since I've been working with Sanford, I've been able to see the things that they're doing internally, which are slowly, I mean, you have to do some processes and get some things internally before you can actually see the, the end product externally for the public, right? So I'm on these committees, I'm learning all these things that they really are doing for the Native American population. I'm trying to find out more ways to get that out to the community. Um, and then meeting with tribal health, meeting with IHS um, staff, and just other community resources um, around maybe in the in the reservations and Bemidji itself, and utilizing all those um, to help, like I said, build relationships and build bridges between the tribal uh, communities and Sanford, um, and to help our patients give um, give give Sanford more resources to be able to help the Native American patients and whatever their particular cultural needs might be, uh, if there's any social determinants of health. Uh, resources that, that we can assist with. And um, so um, it's more community-minded, which is why there was a change in the um, title and the responsibilities, I guess. But I do still get to see patients, whether in the ER or in the or in their, when they're admitted to the hospital. Uh, mostly that's when they're referred to me, though, by case management or a nurse or a patient might ask, hey, can, you know, do you have any somebody here I can talk to about culture or do you have a Native American advocate? And then I can go see people, meet with them. And sometimes they just want to smudge. Sometimes they just want somebody to talk to. Then sometimes, you know, they might have a concern that I can bring up or they might even just be like, hey, my doctor said this, but I don't understand it. And, it, you know, and some, a lot of people don't feel comfortable 
maybe asking doctors or nurses, can you reiterate that? Can you tell me what that means? And so I can just step in and with my clinical background, I can look at their chart or I can talk to the medical staff and I can kind of just translate it into terms that are more understandable because coming from a clinical background, I know how easy it is for us to just throw out all those medical terminology that we know and not really think about it or realize that, oh, this person who's not clinical might not understand that. And I also understand where sometimes people, for whatever reason, might not ask the questions that they might be thinking of. And so I can come in and I can advocate for that person um, and translate that too. So I get to do a little bit of both of those, um, which is fun, you know, being in the community and still being with patients because I really like the patient contact. And that's why I always wanted to stay a nurse and not be like a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant or a medical doctor. Because I like that that time that you get with the patients and, and, you know, you get to know them a little bit better than I'd say some of the, you know, your providers get to know people. And that's, I don't know, I just kind of like that about people. Trust seems to be like one of the big factors in addressing health disparities. If, you know, if you don't trust the person you're going to go see in the healthcare system, you don't like, it kind of like stops the whole process right there. Yes. Um, could you just tell us about, you know, the importance of seeing somebody that looks like you when you go to the go to the hospital, go to the clinic, and uh, how that can help you know build trust. Yes, that is very important, and I really didn't think I thought about that until I left IHS. I think because um, in IHS, I mean, it is Indian Health Service, but that doesn't mean everybody working there is Native American either doesn't mean there's all these cultural components to IHS either. But I think I didn't really start realizing that until I got out of IHS and started realizing how, well, I did know how, how important trust is when I was at IHS because sometimes you'd have providers who are not Native American and they'd rather, I want a nurse or, or a doctor who is Native American. And not saying that just because they're Native American means they know more or they'll give you a better diagnosis or better care. I think what it is, is like what you said, is this kind of, they look like me. I might relate better to them. I might feel more comfortable with them so that I might be more open, uh, more willing to share exactly what my symptoms are or how I'm feeling about this particular situation or, or why I'm here at the doctor or ask more questions because I might feel a bit more comfortable. And I'm sure I totally get that um, when I was in the military, somebody had pointed out to me, <laughs> My closest circle of friends were a lot of people of different color, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, you know, when you're kind of like with other people who might look like you or share similar stories or situations, you're just more comfortable with them. And same as, same as in healthcare too. And I think a lot of times it doesn't have to be directly the person taking care of you, which that is a big bonus though, but even just seeing around people walking around who look like you or who you might think um, look like you. I think that just gives a, a better sense of security. And like you said, trust that, oh, there are more Native people here. Or there are people who look like me. One of the patients I had was an elder one time, and they were telling me about this particular healthcare staff that would come in. And they said, oh, that's my favorite nurse. That's my favorite nurse. And being a nurse background, I was really excited to hear about, oh, what did this nurse do? And the greatest thing they said it was, was because they looked like them. And when I looked to see who this person was, I'm not really sure that they were necessarily Native American. But I could see the point. They look like them. They weren't, they weren't obviously white, I guess I should say. 
you know, but this person said that was my favorite healthcare staff because they look like them. And so I think too, you know, when you come into any facility, especially a healthcare facility, and if the first person you see or you see somebody there to greet you that looks like you, you know, that's a, that's a good sign. You know, it brings some people some comfort sometimes. And I think a lot of times when I do see some of the patients and they just ask me to like, well, my doc said this, but I don't know. And I don't want to ask this. They'll open up to me though, because the nurse will be like, well, we can't get them to say anything. We can't get them to answer any questions. And I'll go in there and, you know, introduce myself and we start a little conversation and all of a sudden just everything comes out. Now that doesn't happen every time, but it has happened on more than, you know, a few occasions where some people just might feel more comfortable talking to somebody who looks like them or who they think might have similar shared experiences, uh, which makes sense. You're listening to Native Lights where Indigenous Voices Shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Rebecca Finday, Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe citizen who serves as Sanford Health's Native American community advocate in Bemidji, Minnesota, working to address health disparities in the state's Indigenous population. You know, you mentioned that Sanford Health is learning to better take care of people in Native communities, Native folks. And there are these great, brilliant Indigenous ways, health ways, that has that have potential to be beneficial for a wider community. Is there a way then that wider communities can learn from, benefit from Native cultural health care? I think there are ways that they can do that. I think it can kind of be integrated in a way because a lot of times, you know, Native healthcare, um, you know, lose, use a lot of natural medicines and plants, right? And sometimes when we're in the Western society healthcare system, those synthetic medications and natural plants might not interact together depending on what's being used for what. And sometimes they don't, we don't always know what's being used for what and, and um, what the patients are using. And they might not know exactly themselves. They might be given something you know, by a traditional healer that they go to, or they might be getting something from somebody else that maybe they don't know the full ingredients of it, you know. So you have those kind of interactions and things like that. But there's also things like Wellbriety. Um, Sanford has a Wellbriety program. Um, they've just been recently certified as one of the first non-Indigenous institutions to have um, to be certified in the White Bison Wellbriety Recovery Program. But that's also run by Native staff at Sanford. And that's, that's a big deal. That actually is also open to non-natives um, to attend that as well. They offer several different types of recovery programs for that. And it's open to non-natives. And I think I do see and hear about non-native people learning about and embracing and responding positively and having good benefits and good effects from sometimes attending some of these Native American-specific um, components um, of different of different things that they are not trying to say that they're trying to appropriate the culture, but I think sometimes they see oh this particular thing kind of has like a whole like wellness to it of a whole of of the person as a whole, not just dealing with one little piece of it. And sometimes that resonates with some people. So I think the more culturally specific components that are brought forth in whether it's healthcare or in general society. I think even none of people can benefit from from that too. I got to assume that working in healthcare can be stressful. Oh, um, yes. 
what do you do to stay grounded and and you know just take care of your, yourself uh, in a field like this? You kind of have to um, <clears throat> figure out first what works for you. What is your culture? What is your spirituality? What is kind of like your go-to and your self-care? And just practice what those are. Sometimes it's going to somebody else and asking, hey, I'm having a really hard time with this. And maybe they have something different to offer that you don't have or that you hadn't tried before. You know, it can be anything, you know, smudging, going to sweat lodge. Um, If you read your Bible, if you go to a church, if you talk to a therapist, if you just talk to your best friend, vent to somebody, you know, go out for dinner with somebody, go out and have a good time. Um, Sometimes we all need help in those areas. I went through my first bout of uh, a clinical depression um, the other fall after the fall of Afghanistan happened. Um, And there was just a lot of things that went into it. And I had to go through my own behavioral health therapy with the VA. And I've always been supportive of behavioral health and going through through therapies and counselors. I've always been a big supporter of that. And I always try to tell people, you know, we got to, we got to take I've got to remove the stigma because there's usually negative stigma with behavioral health when they don't understand that's actually helping with your your mind and your emotions. And that's a big part of, of your physical health too. And I think society is trying to bring that along. There's, there's a big gap uh, with behavioral health um, resources that we need to. But even finding those behavioral health, mental health resources can help you when you are going through these things like the pandemic was a huge thing. It was physical stress, emotional stress, spiritual stress on a lot of people. And it wasn't, you know, just the people, the families who were sick and dying. There's a lot of people, the uh, medical staff who were taking care of people or, you know, traditional healers or clergy who were trying to assist, you know, their societies and their communities in this pretty detrimental time, you know, that was happening and all this confusion and fear and, the unknown. So those times can get pretty hectic. And even though like I always thought I had pretty good coping mechanisms just from what my parents had taught me and then things I'd learned being in the medical field. But there are those times where we all just get so overwhelmed and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to find somebody, anybody and tell them you're going through a hard time. And and maybe it is somebody that like I needed professional therapy. I needed help and I did therapy. And it really did help me and it gave me more tools uh, for my toolbox to, you know, now when things come up, I have, I have new tools to use for coping mechanisms. And I think a lot of us are, um, we're either afraid to admit if we need help um, or we don't know where to go to or we want to play tough and I can tough it out. I can do this, you know, because I, I really think I had that attitude too until I just broke and I think, you know, as society, we need to be more accepting of that. And if somebody comes to you and they need help and you don't know what to do, call 911. Just tell them, there's, you know, tell them what you need and they can, you know, hopefully they can direct you to that too. But, you know, even even without the pandemic, sometimes being in medical can be stressful too. Sometimes, you know, we see a lot of death or a lot of tragedy, you know, a lot of trauma coming in and and then having to deal with not only the patients, but their families because the families are extensions of the patients. So you're taking care of their families as well. Um, so yeah, you need to find something that uh, that can ground you, work for you. Sometimes you have to try different things. Sometimes it's even just changing your nutrition um, habits sometimes. 
that can make a difference um, in your physical and your emotional well-being. So thank you to Rebecca Finday, Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe citizen who serves as Sanford Health's Native American community advocate in Bemidji, Minnesota. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Giga-wapamin. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.